Hour number two of the Jose Gonzalez Show starts now. Technically, one, two, however you want to count it. Five minutes past the hour of 8 a.m. here in Fresno, California. A very good morning to all of you in the San Joaquin Valley. Appreciate you for joining us and appreciate you for tuning in. The current temperature in the city of Fresno, it is currently 41 degrees. The expected high today, 65 degrees, with an overnight low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow, um, we will see a high of 66 on Saturday, close to 70 degrees. And then next week, there is rain in our forecast. Monday, 60% chance. Tuesday, 65% chance. On Wednesday, another 50% chance. And Thursday, another 40% chance. So if you have not picked up those leaves off the front lawn, it might be time um, to do that before, uh, yeah, you know, you don't want leaves that are um, uh, out in the rain on your lawn. That just, it, it doesn't work. Um, but uh, it was still cold temperatures at night, and uh, every weather report is brought to you by our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. If you have an AC heater unit issue, you got maintenance that needs to get done, you call our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. They have got you uh, covered. With that being said, as we get here in the 8 o'clock hour, I want to make my apologies. Uh, we were running into some streaming issues earlier today, um, and uh, I had to obviously take care of that this morning. With that being said, it is a uh, Thursday, and it is top of hour number two. Uh, that means that my longest radio pal, my fantasy football nemesis, he joins me now. Good morning to you, my good sir. Good morning. Stay next to the sensor button if we're going to talk fantasy. This is crap. All of it. All of it is crap. But nice to talk to you, young man. Now, you know what I would say though, and um, this is we're, we're talking about our fantasy football league uh, that we are in. That is obviously going to be uh, pretty uh, pretty insane because if, when I looked at Gus's roster, I tend not to look at others. Um, uh, starters just because I don't like rooting for certain guys that I might not be wanting to root for. Um, but, uh, Jamar Chase, questionable. Brees Hall, questionable. Raheem Mostert, questionable. Isaiah Pacheco, questionable. Josh Jacobs, he's out for today. Um, and well, technically questionable. Uh, your, your team falling apart, uh, here in the first week of playoffs. What the hell? Like you just listed four RB1s, every single one of them is questionable or out. And even worse is Jacobs. Like Jacobs, they won't even list as out yet. So they, you know what they're going to do. They're going to be like, all right, he's going to give it a shot. And then he's going to come out, and I'm going to have to put him in my lineup. And then they're gonna, he's going to play three plays and be like, oh, man, I'm going to limp the locker room now. That's what's going to happen, first of all. But the whole team, I forget that. Like, I went into this past week. I, I knew I was playing you. I looked at your lineup for, for this week, and I'm like, all right, I'm already screwed. He's got Eckler playing against nobody. He's got, he's got freaking Lamar Jackson playing against a high school team. He's, you know, I'm going to get crushed. But 
But so I'm like, but I don't have anything to worry about in week 14 because I can't get knocked out of the playoffs. I can't change positions. Okay, great. Well, then what happens? All of a sudden, I start getting texts on my phone. Jacobs out. Pacheco out. Uh, everybody, you're like, how? How was that? And then Herbert. Herbert was playing. So now I got to pick up a backup because I can't play Tua against the Jets with you know Tyreek Hill limping around. You can't play. You can't do that. So now I got to play Jake Browning and a bunch of people held together by duct tape in my fantasy season against the guy that I've beaten twice, and now I'm going to lose to, and, and not even close. Like, everybody else has a, a good-looking matchup, and me, it looks like he got to crush me. Here, here's, all, the whole thing is here's the thing that I would add to it, though. The last two weeks have been the best two weeks that my team has performed. Um, and uh, I, I think I'm averaging 127 in the last two weeks, somewhere in that range. Um, which is insane in our league because our league, you don't score high as, as, as often as you do in other leagues. Our average sits around 90. I think you would agree with that, um, uh, Gus. And I, like, I, I looked at my team and I go, oh, okay, all right. Let, let's see if these guys are finally figuring uh, the, their, uh, uh, their situations out. And I think the benefit of what my team looks like with C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, Austin Eckler, um, Lamar Jackson, and I read my team to someone, that, and Alvin Kamara, I, I read my team to somebody, uh, and they go, how, did, how do you have all of those guys? I, I honestly don't know, but they have not helped me get to an undefeated side, but all of them have one thing in common, and that is they're playing competitive football uh, outside of maybe an Austin Eckler. That's huge in fantasy football coming in here late in the stretches. How important are the games that your team, uh, the, the players that are on your team are playing? No doubt. And injuries play the role in the fact of, like, Eckler, that team has nobody else. Didn't they, didn't they say Keenan's uh, out. Allen's yeah, Keenan's out today, yes. So, Allen's out. There's no quarterback. There's no other wide receiver. Hell, even their number two wide receiver's been out all year. Their, number, their, their replacement number two receiver is just coming back. Who I picked Who up. Who do you think yeah. they're going to give the ball to 90% of the time? Is going to be. I wouldn't even be surprised if Kamara scores a touchdown for you in that game, and he's not even in that game. It is nuts. Your lineup and the, and the matchups you have compared to the freaking infirmary team that I got going on over here. That is. This doesn't make any. We should postpone this game until next year. Yeah, you you you, you know I'm excited um, for this weekend. The, the difficulty for <laughs> mm-hmm. me, and and I'm sure that you might have the same situation is I'm in another league um, with a buddy, and it's uh, his his work league that he asked me to be a part of. And I didn't draft this team, by the way. Um, we were in Kansas City, the wife and I were, and I fell asleep um, because after a long flight, a long drive and stuff like that, I fell asleep, and I didn't even draft. We've gone through four quarterbacks. This is a, a, a wife and I team. We both make decisions on it. Um, and I had Daniel Jones, I had Kirk Cousins, I had guys that all the guys that have missed now on the season, I've had to replace. And they, uh, the, the guy I'm playing has four of the same guys that I'm playing you um, with. So I, I'm rooting for my guys, but I'm also going, please just like, don't do it so well that I lose the other league, but also don't do so bad that I lose both leagues, you know? You know what? I'm fine with you winning the other league. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I got no problems with that. You know what? 
I'll root for you in the other league. Go get him, Gonzo. I'm a big fan. Yes, go get him. But this matchup is crap. And the thing is, is it's like I had a great, a great lineup on paper if, if they weren't on my team. Again, Jacob's r- rushing title leader last year. Um, you know, won the rushing title last year. We got Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase as my two wide receivers. You would have thought that alone would have been insane. Those two haven't had a good week in the same week all year long. And Cooper Cup has only had a couple of, like, I think three good weeks all year. I mean, it is, it has been a mess. And I fight and fight to get into the playoffs with this mess of a team. And then, and then what happens? Literally on the one week where it doesn't matter, the last week of the season, my, almost my entire starting lineup gets hurt. As if they were all driving one place and got into a crash. The whole damn team. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, you know, um, as I look at my team, knowing that Austin Eckler was my number one pick, I feel confident. Uh, I, I like, like, I at least look around and go, hey, at least I was competitive. I took Austin Eckler with my my first pick. He could have gone to anybody else. I, I I know there was about what I could have gotten. Um, I could have gotten Justin Jefferson. That would have been a mistake. Um, I could have gotten Devontae Adams. That would have been a mistake. Like at the end of the day. Yeah, I might have taken Austin Eckler there, and yeah, he might have hurt me because he didn't perform nearly to the standard that we are accustomed to. Uh, But that's what makes fantasy football so interesting, right? We think we are the smart guy in the room picking certain guys, and then they show us how not smart we are. Oh, my God. Dude, let me tell you something. I own that draft every single year. Yahoo sends me letters they praising how good of a draft I have. And then they somehow don't send me a letter 17 weeks later saying, sorry, we were wrong. Um, but, but they should because I, I am the best GM in the world and the worst coach ever, apparently. Because, man, I, I put together a fantastic roster. And then, like you say, all these things happen that you can't foresee. And then next thing you know, my whole team's been gust and careers have been ruined. Um, is Devontae Adams playing tonight? Um, it, it, there's a difficulty because um, – I am in three important playoffs, um, and I'm trying to remember who I have where. He is questionable for tonight is what I'm looking at here. Um, he has an illness. I feel like those are two teams. Yeah, I feel like those are two teams that are both willing to lose. Yeah, no, they, they are. They both want to lose. Um, he is expected to play uh, tonight even with the um, – illness that he is recovering from but yeah both of these teams want to lose tonight the Chargers want to position themselves um, for a potential great offensive uh, lineman and the Raiders obviously the more you lose the better shot at a QB in the NFL draft that you get now um, I want to talk about uh, the draft a little bit because right now as we look at it the number one uh, pick would be going to the Chicago Bears even because of that uh, trade they made with Carolina last season. So Chicago would get one. And number two, there's currently the Patriots, and then three is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, again, that's structured the way it is right now. And uh, the Raiders are the team that are technically on the outside of uh, – of this looking in but again it would be the bears the patriots the cardinals the commanders um and uh tennessee and then uh, las vegas in there as well you look at both teams wanting to lose 
Um, but you also, if you're the Raiders, you're looking at Chicago and hoping that Justin Fields plays out of his mind this rest of the season, right? Because the Raiders can make off if if the if the Bears feel that Justin Fields is the guy. Well, they're not looking to take a quarterback with that number one overall pick, and and maybe um, one of these teams can finagle their way up there. Um, so. A lot of these quarterback-needy teams, right, are looking at the Bears going, Justin Fields, you beautiful man, please go ahead and pop off in the last few weeks of the season. Oh, my God. That is the job. Well, I would like the salary, but that is the job that I would not want right now, to be with the Bears deciding whether we're going to invest all of that in Fields or if we're going in a different direction because – Depending on what week you're looking at, I mean, you got and, – and that's always been my problem with very, very mobile or running quarterbacks is you just get weeks that are like video game numbers where you're like, this guy can't be stopped. And then you get weeks where he's missing open guys and, and the numbers are like, what the hell just happened here? And so it's just – I mean, obviously I can't pick apart Lamar Jackson's career. The guy's been – you know, he's an MVP. He's an amazing talent. He's a great player. But I've had him on my fantasy team where I'm watching his stats closely, and you're like, man, some games you just can't stop him. And then other games, it's, it's, he's mediocre at best. And, and that scares me with, you know, anytime you do you, with what you have to give to a starting quarterback, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Jones over in, in, with the Giants, you don't want to lose all of that tied up into somebody that isn't going to be able to carry the team when you need them to carry the team. And it's just, I don't know. I, if I was in that position, I don't know which way I would go because there's moments with fields and it's like, well, can you just use your draft pick and fill in everything he needs? Maybe, maybe, but man, if you're wrong again, that's a huge miss because they have between last year and this off season, they have had an opportunity to turn that team around in a hurry and it didn't work the way they thought it was going to this year. Everyone thought there was going to be a much bigger jump this year, and it just didn't happen. We're talking to Gus. He joins us every single Thursday, top of hour number two. And, uh, yeah, it intrigues me. It, it intrigues me on how they're going to make their decision because the other side of that um, is also Kyler Murray, Gus. Um, what do the Cardinals end up doing? Does Kyler Murray play uh, play the Cardinals out of that top three pick um, where they could potentially say, hey, we're going to go quarterback uh, as well and we're just going to move on from Kyler Murray? Because as much flack as we want to give the man, he is still a guy that right now I think, what, 17 to 21 other teams would um, seriously consider taking him on and taking that contract on. So, uh, like, how do you, if you're Arizona, say, well, we're going to move on from Kyler again. We're going to move on off of our second first-round pick quarterback to go and take a third. And if I'm that that quarterback, why would I want to go to an Arizona franchise that seemingly is going to move on from a quarterback even if he might potentially have it? Yeah, I don't think they get rid of Kyler. I mean, first of all, I don't know what the hell they were doing over there because – Fact is, is before before Hopkins got hurt and then had the suspension and all that, those two guys were putting up numbers. They just could never finish the season strong. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, they had back-to-back -back years of basically looking like they were a contender for the first half of the year and then struggled in the second half of the year. And granted, obviously, that's not great. You don't want that. But then to have this quarterback, and Kyler is still obviously very young, 
coming back from an injury, and they're like, let's just get rid of everybody that he has. Get rid of everyone. And you're like, well, how are these guys supposed to perform when you don't surround them with anybody else? You know, and, and if you're putting them in a situation where he's got to run a lot, well, you're going to get him hurt as well. So I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but I can't imagine that they are going to move on from him because whatever quarterback they get very well might not be that much more talented, if more talented at all, than Tyler Murray. So why would you do that? That I don't know, but I don't know why they got rid of all this talent around them either. Yeah, I so I, I'm intrigued because uh, – to. Uh, Pardon me, this Sunday, the Niners and uh, the Cardinals are going to go at it. And, uh, well, Kyler Murray is one of those, like, uh, um, kryptonites for the 49er defense because his running ability just does not bode well for them for some reason. Um, And that intrigues me. But that top five list, Gus, it's going to be very interesting because – I don't know about you, but I don't remember in years past where the guys at the top of the draft can take a quarterback if they so choose to, but they can also stick with the guy they have, potentially trade out of those situations and uh, build for the future because both teams, Bears, uh, Arizona, I know New England, they're taking a quarterback. Whoever the number one pick is, they're going with the second guy, if it Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever it might be. Uh, we know the Patriots are taking a quarterback. Are the Commanders taking a quarterback, or are they help, happy with Sam Howell? I don't remember the last time we've gotten to this point and saying, are teams happy with their quarterbacks, or are they not happy with their quarterbacks? And then, where do those guys go if their teams decide to move on from them? Those, I think, are big questions that are going to seemingly potentially not get answered until May of this of next year. Yeah, this is going to be a fascinating offseason for the exa- I mean, I don't think we've ever, I mean, to your point, I don't think we have ever seen this many teams that could, that have a chance at getting a quarterback with a top draft pick, but also have a quarterback that you're like, you know what, this guy might not be replaceable, you know, with whoever they're going to pick. So why would we? Uh, that's, I don't remember ever seeing that many. And then if you're going to get to the offseason and some of these guys do move on, then, yeah, where do these guys go? I mean, fact is, is I'm still shocked that the Jets never went and got anybody else for the year because they're waiting for a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. That blew my mind. Blew my mind when you went out and signed all these guys and you have a top defense and then the guy gets hurt that early in the season and you're like, nah, let's stick it out with the guy we know sucks. Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. But, man, like, there's a lot of teams that would jump on any of those quarterbacks. I, Kyler Murray would would have multiple teams fighting for him if he was available, despite the fact that I'm sure teams fully believe that he doesn't watch any tape and, and he plays yeah. video games all day long and doesn't do any research. So, you know, or any studying. So, uh, you know, although that might have changed. But even with that being the case, those those players would have teams fighting over them. So it's going to be a fascinating offseason because I don't think we've ever seen this many teams in that position. No, it is going to be a fascinating offseason because it's just, again, reiterating who uh, does the bear, uh, who, who does the bears uh, decide to choose? Do they go with Justin Fields or do they not? And if they don't, 
who's going to be the team that raises their hand and says, we might be a quarterback away. Let, let's see if we can make him uh, a change. Minnesota Vikings, are they going to be going back to Kirk Cousins? Uh, or are they going to try to go get a young guy somewhere that might not get a chance around the NFL? There's so many quarterback openings, uh, Gus, that, it, that again, it kind of just leaves us in that unknown. And if you're the Raiders, though, if you're the Raiders right now, Jacobs doesn't have an extension, right? Jacobs could be on the franchise tag come uh, again next offseason. We don't know. I think the Raiders should move on from uh, from Josh Jacobs. I believe the Raiders should obviously move on a quarterback, whoever it might be. But if I look at this Raiders team, I, sh- I say, hey, there's no one safe. The only safe player on the team should be Max Crosby and everybody else should be on the trade block, including Devontae Adams, because – I don't know about you, Gus, but I look at this team and I say even a top-tier quarterback doesn't change the destiny of the Las Vegas Raiders because they just don't have an all-around good team and good enough to compete. No, and I think, you know what, I think Josh Jacobs' performance last year probably covered up a lot of those holes um, because he's not having a great year. And then, yeah, what do you have at this point in time? If you, you don't have, other than Max Crosby, you don't have a whole lot of big name, anything that you're going to hold on to that could, I mean, Devontae Adams is still great, but Devontae Adams can't do anything unless somebody's getting him the ball. And if there's nobody else, the defense has to worry about, well, that's going to be tougher to get Devontae Adams open and then certainly open it up for whatever quarterback they have throwing to him. I mean, that all also depends. But yeah, they seem to have gone from a point where you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe if we get one good quarterback in here, we can make a run to all of a sudden they don't seem anywhere close. I mean, how quickly that shifted the wrong way for them is pretty amazing. Um, but, again, uh, now I'm looking at – and, you know, now you get a, a game like this tonight where you have two teams with talent who both clearly want to lose, which I'm sure the NFL can't be ecstatic about. But that's why I'm looking and I'm like, you know, is Devontae Adams going to play? Because why? Why? <laughs> you know, I mean, I know why he wants to play. And it's the same thing when I was watching Giants. So here's the problem. You and I talk about the Giants, and I always tell you it would be better for them to lose. Clearly it would be better for them to lose. Of course, we started saying this three weeks ago before they started winning. But then I'm watching the game this past weekend, and I'm like, I'm rooting for them, obviously. It's a great game. You're watching for them. You're rooting for the kid. And you're going, you know, as long as I'm not watching them, I know what they need to do. As soon as I start watching them, it's hard to not want them to win. And if you're a player, if you're a coach, you're not out there ever, ever trying to lose. So it's a tough situation. That's why a lot of these guys, I think, get ruled out. Because you can't put this guy out there and be like, don't try your hardest. No, you can't. You can't. They're getting paid the same amount of millions that other guys are, and they got to be – um, they got to be looking out for themselves, right? You got to look out for your own job. And that's, it's, like, that's what gets me when people go into the, why are you winning? Well, because they might be on a one-year contract. And guess what? In the offseason, they're looking for a new job. So if, if what they have on film is, uh, is lackluster effort, 
well, you're going to get a lackluster contract offer. That's just how it is. And um, maybe you're getting into the offseason ready to make eight, nine, ten million dollars a season, and uh, you put on tape one or two million dollars worth. Well, that's what you're probably going to get paid. So a lot of these guys are playing for their futures in the league um, as well. I want to talk about um, the New York Giants becoming a, a 1970s mobster um, uh, New York team. <laughs> And uh, man, you see his agent standing next to him. Like, did did the Giants go? You know what? Our season's over. Screw it. Let's go look for the most Italian looking New Yorker guy kind of guys, or right, like the the New Jersey, all that. Like, let's go look for that, and and let's just get a storyline off of that. His agent looked more Italian than I've ever seen an Italian look. And then everybody goes down the rabbit hole and finds out that he got awarded like uh, the most Italian in Boston or something like that and it like it, it is insane to see how this is going but at least New York Giants fans have something to talk about and to root about and to um obviously look forward to well and that and that's kind of the key or at least the fun part of it is at least and you know and like I was saying it it's I know that they should be losing but as a Giants fan when you're watching the game you're rooting for them and then that kid you know, DeVito back there, that and, and the excitement that he's bringing. And look, New York loves an underdog. They absolutely love an underdog. So you bring in the kid, and everybody is all freaking excited, which is which is a, a lot of fun. As far as the Italian thing, yeah, that is insane. They keep cutting to the crowd, and you're like, this is like a, a, a cast party from The Sopranos. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. I don't want to piss off that section, but it is awesome. It is fun to watch. You know, and the interesting thing is, what do you do if you're the Giants? Because, I mean, look, you got $40 million in a quarterback nobody believes in. You can see how excited. And, and I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, uh, I, I love to call him Danny DeVito, but I'm not saying Tommy DeVito is the, is the, uh, the answer necessarily. It's a small sample. But if you just see the way the team plays behind them, the way they all get amped up, and then, honestly, after that win, if you saw the post-game interview where he was asked, how did you rise to the occasion? And he was so freaking calm and was like, come on, I've been playing this game since I was seven. It's a game. It's a kid's game. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's a bigger stage. But, I mean, he was so shockingly calm. Meanwhile, I'm all amped up watching the game. And this guy's calmer than me just pulling off a, a last-second victory. It was awesome to watch. You know, the underdog story is a lot of fun. And at this point in time, you've already won three games. You ruined your top pick possibility. You might as well keep winning. I would like to add, um, is it a coincidence that uh, Netflix uh, released a new series um, this year called uh, How uh, to Become a Mob Boss? And uh, DeVito shows up as the quarterback of the New York Giants. I don't know about you, but this seems like a big coincidence uh, that Netflix comes out with how to become a mob boss, and it's literally the story of the Italian mobs. Um, and, uh, and, and and do you did you hear what uh, DeVito's dad uh, does for a living? No. Well, what does he do? Tell me. Tell me he's in construction or garbage. He owns a plumbing company. 
this is yeah, this is. A, <laughs> look, don't piss that family off. I'm not going to say anything that pisses that family <laughs> off whatsoever. Love them all. You guys are fantastic. I even love the fact that uh, his agent dresses like Stallone in, in the original Rocky. Like, I don't know. How did you steal that wardrobe? I have no idea, but it's fantastic. As soon as I heard, as soon as I saw it, he, he's, he's the dad's an owner of a plumbing company. I go, okay, makes sense. It, it all br- brings together. And their marketing campaign, Gus, I'm going to add to this, is two of their employees, not sure if they might be family, um, but two of their employees in a, um, a in a Mario and Luigi um, outfits in front of their van, in front of their company van. Well, hey, if you like, if you're proud of your heritage, smother yourself in it, my man. And apparently that is, that is what they are doing. And I, I guess we should thank him for taking care of Donkey Kong then as well. Yeah, no, that's that. exactly how we got to do it. Like, you, you talk about a great story, and at least with all of the quarterback injuries, Gus, that is at least something we're getting from a lot of these quarterbacks that otherwise we probably would have never heard of them um, in getting opportunities and, and uh, at least getting to, to know backstories of some of these guys. It's pretty cool. If there's one takeaway from all of the quarterback injuries, at least it's that, right? We've at least had to look at the bright side of certain situations. Yeah, I mean, look, the Giants season, as far as, you know, the Giants go, the Giants season was lost. It was done. We weren't going anywhere. We're stuck with a quarterback we can't stand and who's getting overpaid. It was miserable. And all of a sudden, the the crowd's going nuts. Everybody's tuning in. People are freaking out. And we're still probably not making the playoffs. But at least, at least it was, it's been exciting. It's something to root for. And, you know, that's, that's really all you can ask for. Only one team's going to win a championship. But if you can give us something to root for and something to get excited about, okay, we'll take it. Now, um, as we look at the the weeks ahead, the Niners are currently the number one team in the NFC. Uh, again, according to the seeding process, it's the Niners, it's the Eagles, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Eagles will win the tiebreaker over the Cowboys because of conference record. So uh, the Eagles need to lose again for the Cowboys to overtake them um, for the NFC East division crown. Um, but Niners, Dallas, and Eagles, yesterday I made a comment, and some people kind of were, um, uh, they, they questioned my thought process. And what I said is, and this is where it goes, the fourth team on that list is the Detroit Lions. They're going to either be um, the third seed or the second seed if they get lucky, but they're probably sitting comfortable as the third seed and the fourth seed will be whoever the NFC South division champion is. Maybe they should take away uh, their automatic, uh, you know, how they did to Florida State. Maybe it's like, ah, well, you win the division, but you don't get to make the playoffs. Um, You're not that good. Uh, But uh, when you look at it, I said the Detroit Lions are the Dallas Cowboys of a couple of years ago. They have two great running backs. Right, Zeke and Pollard, these two have two great running backs in David Montgomery and Gibbs. You have a pretty good receiver in um, in Amon Rasim Brown. I would say that harkens back to a guy like maybe an Amari Cooper. Um, you have a decent uh, number two, Michael Gallup. Like, you know, I look at it in that way and I go, what was their deficiency? Well, at that moment, it was a quarterback 
that um, in the eyes of many is average and in big games not going to produce. I believe Jared Goff can be good. I just don't see him beating either of the three teams over them, and the Detroit defense is just not good enough. That's the parallel I drew. Do you feel similar? Again, maybe not the parallel to the law, uh, to the Cowboys, but that the Detroit Lions are definitely um, the fourth best team in this bunch, and they might get through the first round, but it, it seems unlikely they get past any one of those three in, um, in, in the semifinal. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. I mean, look, they have been a they have been a really good team most of the time, and the way they perform and when Goff is, is playing well, you feel like they can beat anybody. I literally feel like they can beat just about anybody in the league, except maybe San Fran. You know, maybe a couple of teams that go they're going to struggle, but they could beat pretty much anybody. Um, the problem is, is you don't feel like they can string together four of those games in a row. Um, or three or four of those games in a row. You feel like at some point in time, Goff is going to come out and have one of those games where he has three interceptions and you don't know what the hell just happened from the previous week. And so that's, that's the problem with that team. But, I mean, they got, like you said, they have plenty of weapons. And when Goff is having one of his better games, they can beat pretty much anybody. It's just you don't expect that game to happen week after week after week. No. No, uh, and so the last thing that I, I want to dive into here is as we look at the AFC, is there a clear favorite there? Because, yeah, I know the Ravens are the team with the number one seed currently. They have a game on everybody. Um, they have a game against the Niners coming up a week from Monday. Um, so that's going to be very intriguing on how that is going to shape out between the Niners and the Ravens. But the Ravens, even at their current 10-3 and record, feel inconsistent and feel like anybody can beat them because of how inconsistent the Ravens are. We see what the Kansas City Chiefs inconsistencies drive. Um, we obviously look at the Miami Dolphins, still can't beat a winning team uh, so far this season. So when you look at the AFC I, I don't know about you, Gus, but it smells, it stinks like the the Kansas City Chiefs are not going to be consistent and somehow they're going to find their way into a Super Bowl. That still might be the case. The Kansas City Chiefs have been average, um, and they win games because of their stud quarterback, and, and they find ways to win, and, and that's basically it. I think that their biggest problem was their arrogance of thinking, we don't need a wide receiver. He can do it with Kelsey and Mahomes. That's it. And you know what? I, I don't know what took them so long to figure out, let's just start draping people over Kelsey. And then, I mean, they have wide receivers that are fast, that are talented, but that are like Kadarius Tony, who you feel like you put the ball in his hands. And, yeah, there's a 20% chance that he's somehow going to break it for a touchdown, but there's a 40% chance he's going to drop the ball somewhere and give it away. So they – they basically have kept doing that. They're like, you know, no, we don't need any of these other weapons. We can just make it happen with what we got in our creativity. And teams are figuring that out. And they basically, I mean, even the games they win, they're not that impressive. Uh, and once teams have figured out how to shut down Kelsey, they got nothing, you know, which is upsetting to me as to why all of a sudden Pacheco got hurt when they finally decided to start giving him the ball. But it's, I think that's their own fault. The problem is, is now you look at this Miami. I don't have. I'm not even starting Tua. I have no faith in in Miami. Miami is fun to watch. They can put up 50 points in any given day. But like you say, if they're playing a good team, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Tua. I'm starting 
Browning over Tua against you in the playoffs. So I don't have a lot of faith in them either. I don't have a lot of faith in anybody in the AFC right now. And yet, any one of those teams could win the championship, and it wouldn't be a huge shock. Now, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm sitting at. And uh, when I look at the NFC, I think we see who the clear favorites are. I, I think at the end of the day, what we're going to be talking about is the Niners, the Eagles, or the Cowboys. Again, not disrespecting the Lions. I think they're a year maybe and a couple of pieces still away. But I know we're going to be talking about that. But in the AFC, I look around and I go, man, who's going to get the easiest road? Because... It seems like every team there has a backup quarterback. Are we going to get a backup quarterback in uh, in Pittsburgh? Are we going to get a backup quarterback from Cincinnati? Um, who, who are we going to see um, in the playoffs? Is, is Russell Wilson going to be in? Or is a rookie like C.J. Stroud? What about a backup in Indianapolis? There, it, to me, it just seems like the bottom of the AFC is going to be a lot easier path for those top teams to get through. And as long as you get the benefit, of not having to travel too far, it might all bode their way. Now, the last thing is uh, Shohei Otani chooses the Los Angeles Dodgers um, over, um, I'm assuming it, the last team was the San Francisco Giants after the report that the Giants matched the Dodgers' offer of the $700 million contract with the deferred money as well. Um, but uh, Yamamoto still out there. Uh, the Mets, the Yankees, and the Dodgers, as well as technically the Giants, are in on Yamamoto. How is your feeling on the Mets offseason so far? And it feels like they haven't been able to do anything uh, at all yet. Uh, oh, have the Mets had an offseason? I haven't even noticed. Um, that's, that's what their offseason has been like. Um, look, the owner, Steve Cohen, said, look, we're not spending a bunch of money. What's his name? Scherzer said, you know, he was told they're not going to be aggressive in this offseason. And over a little bit of time, people kind of stopped believing that. And they're like, oh, well, Steve Cohen's going to spend money somehow. He's just lying to everybody. Well, turns out maybe he's not. Um, uh, look, I would, I would love – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to wait a year. Like, what are you waiting for? to be aggressive next year or, you know, the next off season. I don't know what you're waiting for. What's going to happen between now and then where you're like, all right, we took a year off from spending crazy, you know, just because it bit you in the butt. Well, from last year, well, yeah, you went out and you were spending $45 million a year on 40 something year old. That's not a great plan. I get that. Pull back from that. Okay. But if you went out and still got top talent, I mean, we're still the previous season. We were right there, so I don't, I don't like this. Let's wait a year, uh, but he's doing pretty much what he's saying he was doing. Now, I, I still think he will find somebody and will spend whatever money he needs to if he is confident that that is a good move for the long term. But he certainly seems to be pulling back, despite the fact that he has the money. He certainly seems to be pulling back on the. I'm just going to spend on every free agent that I can think of right now. I don't care how old they are, how injured they are. I'm going to give them as much money as I can to bring them here. But unfortunately, you got to overspend to bring a player to the Mets. Gus joins us every single Thursday, top of hour number uh, two. And, uh, man, uh, a lot to dive into and a lot to get into. So let's uh, pick these very quickly here, Gus, because I know you got to go. Um Let's go with tonight. Who loses? <laughs> That's the tough yeah. question. Chargers, Raiders. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Raiders are going to Raider and they're going to win tonight. You know what? I actually did just change my pick 
to that because uh, I, I had the Chargers. I had the Chargers the whole time, and I'm like, clearly Eckler is going to go off because I'm playing against Eckler, so he's going to go off and score seven touchdowns. And I still think that's the case. Then I saw Keenan Allen's not playing, so I still think Eckler's going to score a bunch, but it's like I feel like San Diego just keeps pulling weapons off the field going, now we might still win. Let's take him off. Yeah, we might still win. So I'm with you. We're going Raiders. Um, we're going to pick some some interesting games on this one. So you said Raiders. Um, and uh, All right, Minnesota Vikings, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, backup quarterback versus backup quarterback. Uh, Brian Flores-led defense that has played really well, gave up no points um, last week to the Las Vegas Raiders. Madison questionable coming into this game, but Justin Jefferson expected to be back for the Minnesota Vikings. Nick Mullins starting at uh, quarterback. Again, Bengals look good, though. I, I've liked the way they've looked. I'm still going to go Vikings in this game. Um, I think the return of uh, Justin Jefferson that got cut short is going to be uh, um, even more important in this game. I got the Vikings getting to 8-6. and six. Uh, You will be happy to know I'm going with my man, Mr. Browning. Uh, and we are going to go with the Browns. Uh, we are going to go with the uh, Bengals. Okay, okay. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who since firing Matt Canada figured out how to uh, put up yards and get points. Um, Indianapolis Colts are their opponent. This one again, two seven and six teams. Winner of this will have the driver's seat to the potential wild card playoff spot. The loser of this would almost certainly put themselves on the outside looking in. It's in Indianapolis. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going with the Colts. I like me some Mike Tomlin, but I do not like his personnel. I am uh, I'm going with the Colts in this one. You know, the Colts have been surprising for me this year. Every time I think, I'm like, oh, they suck. They, they like, bring out a good game. And every time I go, okay, they're pretty good. They suck. And they bring out a bad game. I thought they were going to be more competitive <laughs> against the Bengals. Then 34-14 uh, kind of changed that way. I am um, only four games back of you, by the way, now. So I, I would be scared if I was you. I'm going to go Steelers in this one. <laughs> well, well, fortunately for you, you're not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we got through that one. Um, those are three. Let's get to um, this one here. And that is... Uh, the Denver Broncos taking uh, we're doing all Saturday games by the way the Denver Broncos Detroit Lions um, even though I believe the Lions have a really big shot of getting upset in this game um, I think Denver is better than people give them credit uh, to be Um, they beat the Chargers 24-7 they played everybody tight they played some really good defenses Um, I am not going to pick the away team in every single one of these games. So I'm going to go with the Lions on this one strictly because I don't want to go three for three on away teams on Saturday. Well, I, uh, you won't be happy to find out that I am going to join you in this one. I, I, the Lions, I think the Lions are going to start playing some better ball as they, uh, as they get into the playoffs. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody playing this weekend, so it, it leaves us for a ton of games out on the on the card here. Um, the what seems like wouldn't have been a good game, but it turned out to be a good game potentially because of the quarterback play for the Giants. But the New York Giants and the New Orleans Saints. Um, I just don't know what Saints team we're going to see. Every time you believe the Saints are going to turn the corner, they don't. They beat the the Carolina Panthers twenty eight to six this time. I am going to say that I believe the New Orleans Saints, and I'm going to take the Saints over the uh, Giants. Uh, you know, 
I have every – I mean, I, I should pick the Saints, but I want to root for the Giants. I want to root for the Giants, but I don't think I can. We'll go with the Saints. Nah, I tried to talk myself into it. Man, you, you ma- you're making me ch- – I had it written down. I'm like, ah, he's going Giants. There's no way. There, there's no way he's not going to go Giants on this one. Okay. I'm, yeah, I, I really want. I really wanted to, but I feel like – and you and I both know me picking a team does not help their chance. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. Packers, uh, Bucks. I got Packers. I think they bounce back. Who you got? Uh, who are the Packers, Bucks? Packers, Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just to give you a shot, we'll go with the Bucks. All right. There we go. I was hoping that happened. I was. Uh, I was definitely hoping that happened. Well, how many? How many I'm are we in Bucks. here? You're not making me pick first. Yeah, well, making me first every time. because you screw me, Gus. You always take the teams that I want to take. So I'm, I'm trying to put it in your court in uh, making you uh, uh, pick opposite of me. I, I'm forcing your hand in this in, in this entire game, okay? Um, we're, right. we're six picks in here. So the Washington Commanders, who are 4-9, take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are 6-7. and seven. Who do you got? I got the Rams. Um, I have the Rams as well. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys ten and three visit the the Buffalo Bills who are seven and six. Go uh, color me upset in this game. I think the Bills are going to beat the Cowboys. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go really? with the upset on this one. Yep, one hundred percent. I'm I'm a Cowboys hater. I embrace it. Uh, everybody knows it, and I'm going Bills. You know what? I am also a Cowboy hater, but I'm in an area where everybody loves the Cowboys and they're all armed. So I am going to go with the Cowboys in this one. All right. All right. See? Uh, and, uh, yeah, no. You, you, you definitely are uh, in a dangerous place there. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, 10-3, and three, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, 8-5 and five in Jacksonville. It's Sunday night football. Trevor Lawrence a little bit healthier. Uh, like I said, the Ravens find a way to find difficulties in their games. I just don't see that happening here. I see the Ravens winning and almost solidifying themselves at the top of the AFC. Well, not only that, and not only is Kirk out and Lawrence is banged up, but you're you have freaking what's his name? You have uh, Travis Lamar Etienne Jackson, so he's gonna as well. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go nuts. Yeah, yeah, you do. Although he's on your bench, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Lamar Jackson's gonna have uh, the game of the season for himself uh, this week, and so I'll go with Baltimore. The last one that I'm going to go with here is me having to look up because the Eagles and Seahawks, I think we're both going to take Eagles anyway. Um, so we'll go a little more difficult, and that's the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Texans 7-6, and six, Tennessee 5-8, and eight, coming off a big win there. I told, you, I told you before the season that they were going to find ways to win out of the top picks in the draft because Mike Rabel is such a good coach that Vrabel is not going to let them lose so many games. Um, but the Texans look good this year. They have been playing really good football. They lose to the Giants last week in a really tough way. I believe C.J. Stroud, I'm not sure, has he come out of concussion protocol just yet? Um, because of that, I'm going to go to the Tennessee Titans at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going with you on that one. I, uh, I don't. I don't have a full. I don't have full faith in their quarterback yet. But I don't. Uh, I'm not scared of them. I, I will go with the Titans on this one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sounds good. All right. That's our guy Gus. He joins us every single Thursday. Top of hour number two. Gus, appreciate your time, my man. I'm happy to talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. All right. By the way, blocking your number until Monday night. Well, assume when you <laughs> unblock it, you're going to have 45 texts that say this sucks. 
and I just lost. Congratulations. I'll text you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you, man. One and two against me this year. One and two. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Appreciate you, man. All right, that is our guy Gus. He joins us every single Thursday. Top of hour number two. Take a break. We'll be back. Uh, it is you're not that guy. That's next. You're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. This is fourteen thirty ESPN Fresno. It was Gonzalez show Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon on your local sports a leader, 1430 ESPN. You're not that guy today goes to a deer in the state of New Jersey. A New Jersey elementary school had an unexpected visitor um, uh, this past week. A man walking his dog at around 10 p.m. on November 25th saw the deer young uh, the young deer smashed into a window at Cedar Grove Elementary School in Tom's River, which is about 60 miles east of Philadelphia. The man notified police and, uh, well, they subsequently searched the school and it was all caught on their body camps. So an officer encountered the deer in a stairwell. The animal, who police nicknamed Rudolph, initially charged at them as it ran down a hallway. It then entered a classroom by opening a door that happened to be unlatched and jumped onto a bookshelf, scattering some items but didn't cause any major damage. The officers eventually used a dog snare to get the deer out of the classroom, and it snoo, uh, soon fled the building the same way it got in. Authorities said the animal didn't appear to be seriously injured, and uh, the school staff has already boarded up the windows that uh, the deer has gone through. So um, uh, watch out if you're anywhere, right? Uh, just uh, not knowing what potentially could be lurking around uh, your, your, the, the corner. Yeah, that's a uh, deer out there. Just just uh, living its life. Get you. Uh, this was getting you ready here for hour number three. We have fresh headlines, home team headlines uh, to come here in hour number three. You're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show.